0: What's up guys? It's Mickey and welcome back to another episode of Blank Canvas. So this week will be our Thanksgiving episode. Um, so let's get started. Let's jump right into it. The first thing that I want to talk about is college football. Now, if you are not a fan of college football, skip the first, I don't know how long it's going to be, but per episode, it's probably about five to 10 minutes. Look, I'm a Southern girl It's about God and football down here. You're going to get a taste of Jesus on this podcast, and you're definitely going to get a taste of football on this podcast. So if this part isn't for you, skip through it. I don't mind. And get to the other parts that you came to visit me for. Either way, I am glad that you guys are here, that you guys are tuning in and listening. And for the people that do enjoy the college football segments, here we go. All right, so the first thing is, how about those tigers? Am I saying this two weeks in a row? Hell yeah, I am. How about those tigers? So first and foremost... LSU, they did good. They did good. They clinched the West. They beat Arkansas, and they will be going to the SEC championship to face the number one team in the country so far, at least at the time that I'm recording this, which is the Georgia Bulldogs, another lovely enemy and rivalry of mine. Go Auburn Tigers. But in other news, Auburn had a packed house. Coach Caddy did the call and said, hey, Auburn fam, show up. We sold out the game. Yeah, you heard that right. In a season where we have only won one conference game before beating Texas A&M this past week, yeah, where we were on like a four or five game losing streak, yeah, we had a packed house. And it was rocking as if we were competing to clinch the West ourselves. It was a beautiful night in Jordan here. And I'm so glad that the Auburn family freaking answered the call. We not only put on a show for the recruits that we had there. Can we just stop for a minute and say shout out to Coach Caddy? And the staff are still going after and getting recruits. Because Brian did not do a good job of recruiting. And that is such a big part of, I don't care what conference you're in that's a huge part of your coaching job is to bring players in, to convince them to come to these spots in these cities, in these schools, in these environments. Like you got to understand the culture in order order to, you know, want to inspire other players to come play for the culture, play for you as a coach and so forth and so on. And I think he did a terrible job. I also think he didn't use his time wisely when it came to recruiting. And so many people reported that a lot of times they didn't even see Brian. They saw our assistant coaches. So, I think that is a um, a flaw within itself. He was a terrible, terrible coach all the way around for me, my opinion. He was not for the Auburn Tigers, and I'm so glad that he's gone. So shout out to Caddy and the team for even after this tumultuous, that's, that's not a word. <laughs> I put like an L or something in it, but even after this very tragic and terrible season, We're still coming through with a little bit of something and they're still putting in the work. And like Coach Caddy said, um, after our win this past week, all those boys need is a little bit of love and he's putting faith and hope in my team again. And that's just something you don't get unless you go through it or you just you're not a hater and you just get it, period. You know what I mean? So shout out to Coach Caddy. And he got his first win in front of some of his members from his Auburn squad that he played with and in front of his family. And I just think that's so beautiful and joyous. Auburn looked and felt like Auburn. I can't believe there is joy again on my team. And again, after describing the season that we went through, holy crap, it is a miracle that there is still joy And all I have to say is Tumors Corner hasn't been painted white in a while. And winter came down to the plains, thanks to Coach Caddy and the team. So shout out to the fans for answering the call and selling out the game. There are two games left. And in true Auburn fashion, we're writing our own story. What else is new, right? Auburn being Auburn. Bama is a, I want to know, do you guys think that Bama has a third loss upon them? I think so. Even with as tragic as my team has been, I always think there's a chance for Auburn to upset Alabama, no matter how Auburn has played all year. Um, I really hope that they get an extra L because so many Bama fans irk my nerve. And for the very few that I can probably count on one hand— uh bama fans that are respectful thank you or that are just not as obnoxious you can love your team nobody is saying don't love your team but oh my god the god like complex that comes with alabama fans or the egos on them it's like pipe down like over half of you are not even true alabama fans over half of you like they wonder why we say things or we celebrate when they lose because a lot of alabama fans not just to me, but to other people that I know. Nobody is talking about them. Ain't nobody bothering them, and yet they have the audacity to be like, "Well, Auburn's doing this, and Auburn ain't doing that." Can you focus on your else? Can you focus on your else? Because whether you beat me in more teams, and more beat me in more games this season or not, guess what? We're both watching from the sidelines this year, aren't we? Mm-hmm. We're gonna cheer on those Tigers, and if you don't want to cheer on those Tigers because you know you hate them. <laughs> then you can cheer on the Georgia Bulldogs. But either way, you won't be cheering on Bama. The elephants will be on the bench this year. And I'm so, so, so excited for it. Go Tigers and War Eagle. Um, So, yeah, I think a third loss is upon Bama. And I really, really, really hope that, that happens. But if not, ew, I still hate Bama and um, War Eagle. So, I say that all to say Caddy not only bleeds orange and blue, but he is a man of faith that loves God out loud. I mean, he does not. You don't have to question where he stands in his faith. You don't have to question whether or not he believes in God. You don't have to question if he's embarrassed to share his testimony, to share his glory, to give him glory um, on the highest stage for him so far. Or, I mean, I should say right now because he has played in the NFL and everything, but Anytime that man gets in an interview and in front of a mic, he is one of the first people to let you know that glory to the most high. And I, that's something that I admire about him. He is big on service and serving each other, which is, you know, BK, I say that's one of the reasons that we're put here on this earth. And I think that won't just impact the players, but the whole Auburn family in general. So go crazy, Cadillac go crazy. Also, special shout out to Vandy for snapping their losing streak. Okay, Vandy. Good job. So much football left in such a short amount of time and anything can happen. So BK, BK fam, who's your top four? I sound a little sick. Sorry, I'm trying to muster through this, but thank you guys for hanging on. So what I want to jump into is The true history of Thanksgiving is dark, and this is our Thanksgiving episode, but the true history of Thanksgiving is dark, if you know it, and if you don't, well, I'm going to give you a very, very undetailed short summary of why, in my opinion, it's dark. Um, So, as we know, the stuff we're taught in most schools is very inaccurate. Pilgrims weren't the first people in America. They didn't discover anything. They stole it pilgrims weren't the first people in america they didn't discover anything they stole it they stole it they stole it they stole it there's this perpetual lie going around that is so disrespectful to native americans like this land is not stolen let's all be reminded this is not our land this land was stolen 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 okay so to this day native americans have not been given their fair share back of land and property and everything that was stolen. I mean, can they really ever be fully repaid for the disrespect to their customs, the disrespect to their land, traditions, being whitewashed, being, having a fight for your history, having a fight for the scraps that you've gotten so far? Probably not. So that's why I say to this day, they have not been given their fair share back. Native Americans um, are, they are owed for like, like I said, the, the emotional scarring, the pain and suffering that they have, the original um destruction and thievery of stealing their land and everything, and just trying to be disrespectful to their customs and them, and whew, being pushed out of your own. Like imagine being pushed out of your own. Imagine people tainting. Um, What you have known for years and years and years and has been passed down through generations and generations and somebody come and not only change, try to change your history, lie completely about the history of how it's done, but uh, you know, like the murderer gets to be celebrated, like that—that's not a slap in the face, but welcome to freaking America. And like I said, just like the whitewashing of history, it's just not—it's not good. And the fact that Christopher Columbus Day is still celebrated is clearly a joke to me it's a shame that we have to teach our kids the truth because most schools were not we're not really taught we're indoctrinated we're not really taught properly we're just indoctrinated we learn these things and depending on where you live in the country wow you probably get less and less of the truth or it's way more whitewashed than you even realize until you talk to other people who learn history completely different from what you did and you know It was not this nice kumbaya moment that is presented to us when we're little children. It was plenty of bloodshed, murders, enslavement, complete disrespect and thievery by the pilgrims altogether. So it's very dark. And I encourage everybody to go look up the real history of Thanksgiving, what really happened to the Native Americans, and um, why Christopher Columbus being celebrated is just like spinning in their face continuously because, ew. Why are we celebrating this murderer? Please, no. Now, the more modern, um, Truth cover up version of it. You know, we think about Thanksgiving as a meal, and meals and eating are always a move for me. I am such a foodie. And sometimes I enjoy cooking. Just the thought of like bringing people together to bond over this meal sounds like a win win to me. Like you get good food, you get to bring people together. We have great conversations. I mean, what's not to love about that? And sometimes it may be silent because we're just enjoying how good the food is. And that is a win win too. I hate cooking when it feels like a job or if I'm being micromanaged and if it's expected of me because I've done it before, it definitely takes the joy out of it. Like if I hear like, well, you've done it somewhere else or you did it that one time in college. I mean, I did it in that moment because I felt like it, not because it was a requirement or because it was like continuously being brought up and like picked at, like that takes the joy out of cooking and just gathering around and in general because d- cooking is already a lot of work so shout out to my mom who cooked a lot when i was younger and you know she still tries to cook to this day but when i was younger i grew up on home-cooked meals and that's why i like home-cooked meals more than fast food and everything but uh yeah being older and having to do it that's a job that's annoying It's not as joyful as it is to do it for yourself or maybe for like one other person when you have to do it for everybody and everybody has a different uh, picky little needs and stuff. And I was a picky eater back in the day, but at least for the time when it was just me and my mom, at least it was just me and her and she kind of knew it to feed me. But then when it was, you know, fixing meals for everybody else and fixing plates for everybody else, it's just, ew, ew. I just want to make that noise for her and for all the moms that I have to do it for everybody. It's just not that fun when it becomes a job. So I try to still cook when it makes me feel joyous and happy and not just like a requirement. My poor kids, I don't know what the hell they're going to get if I have kids. But yeah, poor them. Like I, I love home-cooked meals. I hope I have the time for it. I hope I have the, the the. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but the want and the desire to cook them home-cooked meals because, ooh McDonald's sounds real nice, doesn't it? And McDonald's is bad, except for the fries. I love the fries. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the more comments it's made about it, the less fun and enjoyment in it. And uh it definitely won't motivate me to want to do it, no matter who it's for. But back to Thanksgiving, I never really liked the food that is like known for being popular around Thanksgiving, anyways. The older I get, the more my taste buds mature and grow up with me. So it's allowed me to try new things and expand my horizons a little bit, which I have been excited about. Things like mustard and stuff. I've always eaten like onions and bell pepper, but like mustard, sometimes I can take mayo and different little things. Now I was a pretty picky eater. And now I've tried to be more open-minded and try different things. And part of that was when I started to get into cooking a little bit and finding some joy in like eating and cooking and different things like that. It helped me discover different herbs and spices and, and, um, trying to cook different meals from different cultures and realizing why this is important, or can you taste this ingredient? This is like my signature ingredient. Different trips, tricks, and secrets, and stuff like that, you know. But overall, I never really enjoyed uh, the Thanksgiving food. So, yeah, there's that. And you know, I can handle some of it now, dressing and and the uh, cranberry sauce and stuff. i can I can handle it. It's not that I despised it, but I never woke up on Thanksgiving like I can't wait to eat. I mean, because again, I grew up on home cooked meals, so it's Thanksgiving was just like another day for me, except filled with food that I probably don't want to eat in the first place. So yeah, and y'all already know, like I'm a quit, I'm a Christmas and Aqua season girl. All right. Christmas me now. People are like, don't play Christmas music. Mm, Yeah. It's getting blasted because when December comes, it's going to come and go so fast. So go ahead and start in November. Christmas decorations, if you want to put them up after Halloween, who cares? It's the holiday time. It's not even just for Christmas. It's to literally see the lights. I can't wait till the city start putting lights up. I can't wait to see some lights this year. Like, it's a good time. And if we only waited into December, we'd have it for such a short amount of time. So all the Gringes who are like, wait after Thanksgiving, mm -mm, that's too late. If you want to put your tree up, you want to decorate, enjoy it for as long as you can, enjoy being in the holiday season. And like I said, I mean, what's a better holiday than your own birthday? So yeah, Christmas me or national holiday me, which is my birthday and now Mondays are important to us because you know that's when a new episode of Blank Canvas drops. All right since it's our Thanksgiving episode it's only right to talk about gratitude and what I'm most thankful for currently so I have a couple of things that I put down and I guess I'll elaborate on each one a little bit. So the first one that I have is in a season where we should have lost it all. God made sure we didn't miss a beat. In a season where we should have lost it all, not just me, but other members of my family, God made sure we didn't miss a beat. I have never seen God move the way that he has moved, but I think the reason that I'm seeing it is not only because I've been searching for him more within this past few years, but also um, it was such a detrimental situation that when you really do lose everything, who do you turn to? You can turn to humans, but humans can't really provide you and help you and give you every single, uh, they can't fill you up in the way that God can. And somebody said a very, very ugly thing and wished homelessness on my family and I. But the irony is, you know how they talk about the peace of God, In that moment when they wished homelessness on us, just being evil and spiteful and, you know, really life and death is in the power of the tongue or death and life, whichever way you want to say it, I never got worried. And I should have been because we all are struggling with inflation. The pandemic has just happened. There's so many more details that goes into that. I had a million reasons to worry and I didn't because I felt the peace of God. And as soon as they tried to speak homelessness over us, I I like knew like, oh, okay, we're going to be fine because they were saying the opposite and I knew that God was going to take care of it. And it takes a different level of trust in God and a different level of getting to your faith journey for somebody to speak such death out of their mouths and for it to not even penetrate you or for you to hear it and be like, oh, I know God's going to do the opposite. And so... I'm proud of myself for growing in my faith journey and getting closer to God, to trust him, to not over-internalize what that person said, what that person tried to speak over my family and I, and I thank them for projecting evilness into the world because all it did was make God be like, oh, okay, cool, bet, I'm going to do the opposite. Oh, okay, this is what you want them to experience, bet, I got them covered, Oh, okay I knew you were gonna say that anyways I had already been moving the pieces around because I knew you'd say that but keep revealing your true intentions in your your heart to them how you really feel about them oh okay you know so like I said in a season where we should have lost it all, God made sure we didn't miss a beat at all and um I'm very very grateful for that. I feel like I've lived in overflow in a sense more now than I have. When I have had more financially in my account, um it's kind of crazy how sometimes you can feel blessed with less. It's kind of crazy. Uh, I have never felt more connected to God in certain instances, and it's not just I don't think that money separates us from God. I feel like it can bring us closer. He can you know, uh, we can be vessels for him to be blessings to others. The more blessed we are. the more we're blessed, the more. We're set up to be a blessing to other people. You know, it's not just for our selfish needs and desires, although when they get met, it does feel good temporarily. But, you know, it's not all that it's for. We are here to serve each other. So it is, uh, I don't even know if I could really call this an oxymoron kind of thing, but it's kind of weird that with less, I felt more connected to him and I feel more of an overflow season even being limited in what I can buy and what I can do for others. There's so many things that I want to get, especially for Christmas that I just, as of right now, I can't get. There are some birthday gifts that I want to get, and it's just going to depend on how everything pans out. But, you know, I am blessed in so many other ways. Oops, sorry, guys. And it's way more than, you know, financial riches. It's mental health. It's having this moment of realizing that I didn't flinch when somebody spoke death at that high level of power, like you're. I speak homelessness over you guys. I didn't flinch. Like I trusted God, and I think I had to go throughout life and different tests and different journeys to even be able to trust God in that moment to not like that statement make me spiral, and to have moments where it was cling crows like cutting close to crunch time. This bill is due or this needs to be done. And how are we going to happen? And God just kept opening up the windows of heaven and the floodgates and uh, kept pouring them out, kept pouring them out, kept aligning, kept pouring it out. And so, like I said, I feel like I've seen him been able to move. And that's because not only me, but others around me don't have their hands on a lot of situations. So it allows God to just strategically move each page. person, place, and things strategically move each piece on the little chessboard and be very intentional, which God is always very intentional. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that he cares so much about us, that he knows the number of hairs on our head, that he knows our thoughts and our ways before we do. He literally knew the plans that he had for our life before our parents even thought about having sex to conceive us. Like He thinks about it all. And I'm grateful that if there is no one else in my life, which I'm not saying that there isn't, but I'm just saying if at the end of the day, there was no one else. And if at the end of the day, everybody was to die off, who does feel that way about me? Because we're all going to die. That's, that's something that's promised from this life. We're going to die. So if they were to die and I didn't have that human level, I am so grateful that I definitely have that spiritually. And God has been so much more than a provider. God is literally, I am, and then you fill in the blank. I am whatever you need at whatever time and whatever season. And for that, I'm definitely, definitely grateful. So one of the biggest things and first things that I'm very, very grateful for is that in a season where we should have lost it all, God made sure we didn't miss a beat. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I do not tell you thank you enough. And thank you. Just thank you. I can never say thank you enough for all the covering that you have done before, all the covering that you've done. Even if I just went off of these past few years, even if I went off of this past few months, um, I can never say thank you enough. So thank you for where you brought me from. Thank you for everything you've brought me through and Thank you to where not only I'm going, but the others in my lives. So yeah, thank you, Jesus. Second thing is I'm grateful for my mental health. As we all know, uh, after I graduated college and the pandemic shut down and everything, uh, I struggled with depression really bad. And that was my first real uh, experience with such high level of sadness and uh, wanting to take me out. But I'm grateful for my mental health. And I think going through that, it helps you understand other people who go through depression a little more. It also does you, I don't know. It's like, I can't speak for everyone, but for me, after my major depressive episode, I know what it felt like to not care if I lived or died. Again, I didn't want to put in enough effort to do the like finish it off myself, but I knew what it felt like. I don't what is why am I here? Why do you keep waking me up? I know what that level of love feels like. I know what that level of not like not being filled up or being disappointed in the way life was going, I know what that felt like. And because of that, I'm able to hopefully help paint the picture for other people not to feel alone. And because of that when I am good, when I have right my right sound mind, like that hits different because I know what it feels like to not have it in a sense. I know what it feels like to have low moments. Um I know what it feels like to just look at yourself and be like I know deep, deep down I'm in there, but I don't know how the hell I'm going to get back to my core. I know I've experienced that. I don't know what that feels like. And it adds another layer of uh, gratitude when you've been through it and you've experienced it. And I just, I've seen people go through depression um, at different stages in their lives, male and female. And uh, it's really scary time. You want the best. You want you want them to see the light that you can see in them, that you see around them, that life has to offer. And they just can't. And so they have to go through their own journey and process of figuring out what helps them see that light again. And if they believe in God, how to get to him immediately. He's already there. All you have to do is asking, you shall receive. He's there. He's a gentleman. He's not going to bombard you. He's not going to force himself on you, which I, that's not a testament to the way we should treat each other as human beings. I don't know what is but I am grateful for my mental health and to be in my right mind. And I'm grateful that the people around me, uh, you know, are in their right mind. So yeah, I'm definitely grateful not only for my mental health, but the mental health of others and physical health too. I had an experience where I saw God do a full blown miracle, like the stuff you read about in the Bible, the stuff that you hear people share their testimonies about, which please keep sharing your testimonies because that's how we know that God is real. That's how we encourage each other in faith. And that's how we help each other build our faith stepping stones. So, um, Please, please continue to share your story, even if it's you may think this is insignificant, that this doesn't mean anything to me or won't impact somebody else. You just never really know. So, yeah, I've seen him literally do a physical miracle on a person um, that's close to me. And I can die today and say that I've seen God heal. Like, of course I've seen him heal. Like he healed my soul. He's healed my mind. He's, you know, healed me from a cut, you know, things like that. But a a full on miracle of literally watching somebody's body revert back to the very beginning and they're adults is really scary. And, um, You can't tell me he's not real because there were so many people who didn't have any answers, didn't know what to do. It was like surgery after surgery, this, that, do this and that. And for that person to recover and be fully walking and feeding themselves, bathing themselves fully self-sufficient when it could have went the complete opposite way. I can die today and say that I've seen God with my own eyes do a miracle of restoring somebody back to full health. So I'm very, very grateful for that. And I'm grateful for all of our physical health, um, not just my people, but my BK family as well. And I hope we're doing good mentally um, and physically. The next thing is that I am grateful for is God has been growing our businesses and a lot of us have been tapping into our creativity and stepping out on faith. I have friends that are in a multitude of different uh, industries and worlds to tap into. Uh, In the words of PD, Pastor Darius Daniels from Change Church, you are not this or that. You are this and that. And a lot of my friends embody that definition. Um, They have companies that tackle a multitude of different avenues. They also have different businesses that you may not expect them to be in. They also have different creative projects that you may be like, oh, you do this and you do that. Yeah, we're not this or that. We are this and that. And that doesn't apply just to my people. That applies to all of us, everyone who's listening to me, whether you're a part of the BK fam or not, do not limit yourself. Do not try to put yourself in this one little teeny tiny box. You are this and and that, not this or that, and tap into it all. God wouldn't have given it to you just for it to be a waste or just for it to lie dormant anyways. Tap into it all and ask and pray for the wisdom to use it at the right time and the right season and at the pace of grace so you don't get burned out too quickly or so you don't show all your cards when it's not meant for everybody to see him yet. You know, He does his best work in the hidden seasons. He does his best work in the dark room. Um, until it's time for the picture to be revealed to the light and at the right time. So the picture isn't destroyed by the light, you know, because there is a backside to the blessing that we reference a lot again from PD. Um, I think people think I'm blessed. It's going to become easy peasy, lemon squeezy from here on out, but new levels, new devils. And there is a backside to the blessing and you need to not only... Be ready personally to handle what you pray to God for, but even everything that comes with it. Because when you go to a new level, you're starting again from the beginning. So you may have mastered an area or mastered a concept or connected with these people. You know they're ins and out. And now you're putting it into a different environment with new people and you have to learn them. You have to learn these new skills. And my microphone clearly hates me today. And um, you know, it just We're not this or that. We're this and that. And all of us need to tap into who we are, who we've been created to be, and don't limit ourselves to just one thing because you can do it all. You can be a CEO. You can be a rapper. You can uh, be a janitor. And you can also be pouring into people's lives by speaking positive words. Remember, we talked about our gifts, and even if it may seem insignificant, it is a reason that it's there and it can show up in more than one way. A lot of times we either don't tap into them because we don't realize their gifts or we don't look at them as gifts. We look at them as small, um, inadequate and significant things, but they are the complete opposite. They are a part of you. They are what not only you need, but what we need as this world. So thank you for your gifts. Please tap into them and thank you for God and just letting our businesses flourish and you know it's not where we want them to be yet, but the fact that they're moving and the fact that um he's been dropping some gems and not just my typical Mickey gems that I drop on here, but I mean some true insight of how to grow our businesses and different things. I'm just very, very grateful. Uh, the next thing is the fact that my faith has grown stronger. I touched on this a little bit earlier, but I am extremely grateful that my faith has grown stronger. That's something that I have been praying for and that I have been wanting to do. And, um, that's something that I wanted to do back in college. I wanted my faith to grow stronger. I wanted to get closer to God. I wanted to know him more for myself, although I've always had my own personal relationship. With God. My mom never forced uh, God down our throats. She did introduce us to Him. She let us know who He is, what He does. And I mean, from a little girl, I've seen God do things that's not always financial or that's not always even in miracles. It's just, and it's not always in my personal life. It's sometimes I've seen God work in the lives of others. And you just, you can't go wrong with that. And you can't convince me that God isn't real when I've experienced and seen certain things. For example, we had a car. It was like electric wiring or something. It was our only car. We were down in one car. We were at this football game and it was time to go home. The car literally caught a fire, caught a fire. Do you know the only thing that survived was the Holy Bible? The only thing that I watched it. I watched it go up in flames. When they recovered, what was left out of that car, the only thing that survived was the Bible. I mean, Come on, you can tell me this stuff isn't real, but or you can tell me that he isn't real, but you be wasting your breath. And so I'm glad to have tangible, you know, examples, not just in my adulthood or not just in my deepest pain and deepest trauma, but even in the simple things or learning and seeing God in other people and learning and seeing God um through other people's lives is a blessing. And I pray to continue for I pray for my faith to continue to grow stronger. And I can't wait for you guys to see me, you know, exhibit more fruits of the spirit than live out my flesh and live a a life of a renewed spirit and mind and really be transformed in Christ. Am I going to be perfect? No, that's not what that means. It's just what a safe space to be in. What a safe person to love. What a great person to love. With no judgment, he gives unconditional love and he always makes you feel safe no matter what you have done. God forgives you. God spares us with his mercy all the time and his unwarranted, unearned grace that he gives out is another prime example of him loving us out loud and loving us deep and hard. And I, um, I'm very grateful for that. So I do pray for my faith to continue to grow stronger. And remember if you're in your faith journey or even if you've just crossed over to, um, you know, get baptized or something and you're just starting your walk with God, take your, take your time, get to know him for him, not who the world says that he is, not even if you're listening to me, not who even I've just said he was, you know, check me, check other people, Um, When you read about certain things, check that. Go and ask him. He will reveal things to you. He is not, you know, holding all these secrets and, you know, like, you just got to figure it out or work extra hard to figure it out. Like, no. And some stuff, he remember, he won't reveal to you, but it's not stuff that you need. Don't feel like you need it. If you need it to know, he will let you know. So, yeah, I pray all of our faith. If you believe in God, I pray all of us get stronger in our faith. And I think... If the pandemic didn't teach us none of nothing else, is that at the end of the day, everything can get shut down and God is the ultimate provider, God is the ultimate healer, and God is the ultimate source. So yeah. And the last thing, I have so many things that I'm grateful for, but I'm tired of holding the microphone because <laughs> it's not my brand today. But the last thing that I want to talk about is that I'm grateful for is having people to love and having people that love me back. So I am very grateful and blessed. I know that I'm highly highly blessed and I'm richer than rich and wealthier than one of the wealthiest people in the world, even over billionaires, just because I not only have people to love that I love, but that I have people that genuinely love me back and want the best for me. And, you know, um money can solve Probably 99% of the problems or 98% of the problems that I have in my life. And um, yes, bring on the money so I can solve those. But uh, like PD explains, money is also not the highest priority because if he always uses the example, and this is not the exact one he used, but if you could get $10 million today, but you lose a loved one tomorrow, like your parent or your significant other or your child would you take it? If I could give you $10 million today, but you die tomorrow, would you take it? If I could give you $10 million today, but you are so sick, you're bedridden, would you take it? You know, there are things that are above money, but it is nice to have money to solve other problems. Um, And one of his Thrive videos PD explains. And for those who don't know, PD, Pastor Darius Daniels, he explains that, you know, um, him and his wife made a decision like I we want to have enough money to take care of the problems that money can solve. And that way, when it is time to focus on problems that money can't solve. We don't have to be stressed out about needing to solve the millions of other problems on top of the problems that can't be solved by money because we don't have things in place. So, yes, of course. More money. All right. I need more money to fix those problems, but it's not the top priority. And I just think having people to love and having people that love me back, I won't say that it's rare in this world. It's just sometimes it's really hard to find your people disney made it look easy our cartoon shows the romantic movies they make it look easy and it's not even just about having a significant other it's hard to find true friends who really want the best for you and will support you and then you also have to learn about letting people go and i've noticed that people have a hard time with letting people go whether it's romantic or not and you can't take everybody with you they're not meant to go to each chapter so then it's about learning to move out of wisdom okay you were here for this season. You were here for this time. Are you supposed to go with me? I'm not so sure. Um, if it's yes, then come on. And if it's no, you got to like leave them behind and not in an ugly way. Like I'm leaving you I'm on my way up. It's not about that. It's just that you can't let people who aren't meant to be there on the journey stop you from receiving the blessings that God wants to hand out. Like if we're all here not to miss our mark, we also got to be around the right people. And sometimes we got to let Lot go. And if you don't understand what Lot is, read about it in the Bible. Sometimes you have to drop Lot in order to finish fulfilling your God-given purpose and to move forward. Sometimes they are a hindrance and it's not just, you know, mentally or stopping you or unmotivating. Because they can be very great people, but even sometimes the best people aren't meant to go into the next season. They have served their purpose. Some people are here for a lifetime. Some people are here for a season season. Treat them well either way, because like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, kindness is definitely power. And so those are the things that I'm grateful for right now. I could be here all day talking about things that I'm grateful for, but those are definitely some of my top ones so far in 2022. All right, guys. So for the final little part of this episode it is question time. Question time. I need my friend to give me a question jingle. I need to ask him about that because I love my Mickey's Jim jingle. And now that you guys have been sending in questions a lot, which I thank you, please don't stop. Remember, you can send them through the blank canvas IG page. You can send them through. Um, If you know me and want to like pass it, I'll leave you anonymous and I can talk about it on here. Or um, through the anchor app, through the website, you can send me voice recordings. I can include them in the episode and different things if you want. And I just thank you guys for your support. All right, let's jump into some question time. Number one. First question says Hey, Mickey, and remember, I leave people anonymous. Unless for some reason they just really wanted to be shouted out, I leave them anonymous. Hey, Mickey, I can't decide if I should stay on campus for the holidays or go back home. I don't hate my family, but I dread going back home they can be annoying and ask too many personal questions. What should I do? First of all, hey girl, hey. Second of all, um, do what's better for your mental health. Uh, We've talked about this. My experience and other people's experience is not always great for holidays. Sometimes it brings the most dreadful, complete opposite feelings, anxiousness, depression, uh, all of the above. Now, I don't want to minimize your pain or anything because you say you don't hate your family, but you dread going back home. I'm You weren't really specific about why you dread going back home. So here's what I say. Depending on the level, protect your mental health, protect your spirit, protect um, coming out of character in your light. Let people see Jesus before they see you if you are a faith believer. If you don't believe in God or whatever. And I don't want to force religion or anything down your throat. If you don't believe in God, then I would still say protect your mental health, protect your peace. Um, and I think all families annoying. Just like I think all kids are annoying, even if they're the cutest kids in the world, like kids are annoying. Okay. So your family's gonna annoy you. That's a given. But I don't want to sound dismissive because I really wonder why do you drag going back home so bad? I feel like there's more to the story, but I'm not trying to be dismissive. But if it's, you know, if it's just them being annoying, go because one day they'll be dead. One day you'll be dead and make the memories while you can love on them while you can't give people their flowers while they're still alive. Tell them you love them while you still can and just make those memories make those memories. If it's nothing that's going to put your life in harm's way, or it's not going to be such a mental funk that when you go back to school, you feel less rested and motivated, then by all means, go. Let them annoy you. And the time hopefully will fly by. Okay. I hope that helped. Second question. Hi, Mickey hi my boyfriend and I have been dating for a year last year we spent Thanksgiving with his family and he wants to do the same this year I would like him to spend this one with my family should I say something and if so what and how I don't want to hurt his feelings and I do enjoy being around his family I love this podcast so much it feels like I'm right there with you when you talk thank you for doing this oh thank you first of all thank you for tuning in thank you for listening thank you for being part of the BK family I um, okay, so let's go through this. You said your boyfriend and you have been dating for a year. Congratulations for making it this far, especially in 2022. Um, all right, last year y'all spent Thanksgiving with his family. I don't understand why y'all not rotating out. If this is important to you, um, talk to them. If you guys can't talk about this, you know, you're in for a rude awakening. The more uh further along you go in your relationship. This is just a time to test those communication skills. If it points out that you guys can't communicate well, also work on that, but, um, I I see no harm in asking you, here's a couple of compromises. You can do two years, his family, two years, yours. That way y'all have like the back-to-back thing, depending on, um, You know, people have their traditions and people be really particular about the traditions and breaking it. So if you want to do two and two, that's fine. Otherwise, you can swap out every other year, this family hosts, the other family host. And you can also just put everybody in one room, make new traditions as the family grows and blends and two families become one new big family. Just make new traditions. And if it's something that is just really particular or it's really hard because I know people live in different states than anything, then just rotate out. I feel like you should be able to talk to your man and ask him. And um, if he has a problem with it maybe he's a little sensitive because his family don't cut his head off immediately again try to talk it through and the compromise could be switch every other year but if that's too much you know two years and two years because you know people like to plan out their plans you know and have this stuff down and my overall if you don't want to do the swap out just combine it everybody show up at a place, everybody start new traditions, let's eat, let's love on each other, life is short. So yeah. All right, guys, I hope that answered your questions. Remember, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. This is all my opinions to answer these questions from my perspective, my experiences, uh, my biases that I may see or may not see. So yes, I hope it helped. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope my BK fam have a happy Thanksgiving and not happy Thanksgiving in the way that, you know, ugh, the way it's covered up by Christopher Columbus and the pilgrims and all that. And I pray you take a historically bad holiday with bad history and you create something beautiful out, beautiful out of it. So love you guys. Can't wait to see what we talk about next week. If you celebrate... Thanksgiving. Enjoy. Enjoy for the right reasons. And thanks for rocking with me, guys. See you next time. Bye.